Welcome back to the show, Teacherpreneur Frenzies. We're so happy to have you here today. If you check us out on YouTube, you could see our cool backgrounds. Amanda is swimming around cats right now in outer space, and I'm just sitting on the beach. <laughs> if you care, today's episode is going to be all about summertime, and I think summer is always a time of good times and fun, which is why we have these kind of relaxing but also zany backgrounds. We are the wacky teacherpreneurs, so you can always expect something wacky and bizarre from us. Today's episode about summertime will be no different. We're going to both talk about our plans for the summer, what we've done in past summers, and then hindsight, what we feel like we should have done during our summers. I think you're going to like it, and maybe it'll give you some cool ideas for your own business this summer. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now, they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw. Unfiltered. Real. Let's get started. All right, and welcome back to the Summertime Show with the Wacky Teacherpreneurs. We're so happy to have you here today, and today we're going to be talking all about summertime plans. I know if you're a teacherpreneur or you're still working in education, summertime's a big deal because you don't get a lot of free time during the school year to get everything you want to get done done. It's hard. It's really, really hard to manage working during the school year and manage your business. So a lot of people have these grandiose plans for summertime. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And we just thought we'd kind of dish on that a little bit. So Amanda, do you want to share your current summertime plans. And then maybe we can go backwards and talk about like past summers, like if there's any achievements or anything that you did that maybe you regret or just kind of, well, maybe like talk about like what's happened before this summer. Uh, just because I think it's important to look at your past summers when you're planning your current summer and maybe making goals for yourself because sometimes you fall into old habits and routines that didn't serve your business very well. And so, yeah, tell us what, what are you doing this summer? Do you have any plans for working on your business? Of course. Yes, I do. But I do want to just say this real quick caveat. Like, I feel like um, accomplishing a lot over the summer sounds really nice. But like, if you were really burned out this year, I feel like you should, your goal should be to rest and relax and not really make any goals to accomplish things, you know, like, I just feel like sometimes we get really anxious and uptight about what we want to accomplish in our free time that it just causes us even more burnout. So like, I feel like if you're burned out, maybe not focusing on accomplishing things is a good idea. Um, because that is one mistake I've made in past summers. So I just want to start with that. Okay, tell us about this summer. Okay, this what are summer. your plans? Um, okay, so this summer, well, you recommended an amazing book to me, and it's really life changing. And I know we're going to do an episode about it. Um, and I, when I first saw the cover, I was like, "This looks silly. Like, do I really want to read this?" But yes, this woman, the author—I can't remember her name—is so I love her. She's brilliant. Um, and the book is called 
chill and prosper. And she's really, really helped me understand that like, I can build the business that I want that fits into my lifestyle. Um, And that like, I don't need to do anything that a guru tells me to do. Like I can do it the way I want to do it and the way that works best for me and my strengths and weaknesses. And this is a really hard decision because like originally I really, really wanted to develop a new course uh, this summer, but I'm kind of putting that on the back burner because what I'm focusing on is what's already worked in the past, which what's already worked for me in the past is doing webinars about topics I've already done webinars about. (laughs) So I um, have like a spreadsheet where I kept track of every single webinar that I've done, every single like online training that I've done and all of the conversion rates, like the title and like how many people converted and bought my year long curriculum after the webinar. And I already have all the email sequences written Um, I have everything already done. Like, so basically what I'm doing is focusing on what I already have done and just rinse and repeating that um, process, which is very hard because, you know, my ADHD brain really likes novelty and new and exciting, not doing the same thing over and over again. But one of the biggest takeaways I got from this book, Chill and Prosper, is you really need to like focus on like what works for you in your business, like what is actually making you money um, and and just like rinse and repeat that and like keep it simple and um, and not, you know, like take on too much. So my goal is not to take on too much and just do what works, what, what has worked for me in the past. I love that. Yeah, I heard about this book, Chill and Prosper from my buddy, Ashley Bible. Um, she recommended it. She reads a lot of really great business books. We both like, we call them woo-woo books because sometimes a lot of it is your mindset yes. and the way like seeing the world. And it's a little bit more of what's going on in your head than maybe like actionable steps that you're doing because like you have to have a good mindset in order to grow your wealth and grow your business like you have to be in the right mental state a lot of it is working on yourself mentally and I think that is really hard work and so she recommended uh she was actually reading this one book by the same author called uh I think it's called get rich lucky bitch (laughs) you know what I love a good rhyme. And so we, and I was listening to another book that was a kind of a similar thing. And then I noticed that she had been talking about chill and prosper earlier in the year. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, it kind of sounded like some of the conversations that we've had with each other. Like, like when you really get into it, like a lot of like our mentality about business it just fit in with our conversations. And I, I was like, is this lady talking to me? Is she talking to me personally right now? I loved it that much. Um, and so <laughs> I've actually mentioned it to you a couple times. I started listening to it a while ago, like six months ago. And then I listened to the first 30 minutes and I put it down. I didn't pick it back up until recently. And then once I started listening to it again, I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to listen to this. This is crazy. This is everything we want and more. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommend that book. But what's what yeah. are your plans so- this summer? Yeah, we're, we are going to do a whole episode on the book. So I didn't mean to go off about it, but I did get a little excited about it. So <laughs> yeah, um, anyway, 
Uh, this summer, I, you know, I prioritize traveling in the summer because that's just, uh, that's just who I am now. And one reason I started my TPT store was for more traveling money and because I just didn't have enough. And I know we talked about that in a previous episode. So I do have a lot of traveling planned, but I, this is how my summers are usually built is I'm usually traveling for two or three weeks and then for two, two, two to four weeks, I'm hyper-focused on my business and doing things with it. And um, it's not, I know for some people that would be unhealthy, but I would like to preface this by saying I do not have small children at home. I don't have school-aged children. And I know like a lot of people are very, you know, they're concerned about spending time with their kids and their family. But like when I'm at home for the summer, my husband is at work (laughs) all day long and Sometimes my stepdaughter's here over the summer. She's like 17 years old now. She's usually in her room, like playing games. Sometimes we go out and do things, but for the most part, it's not like it was when she was five, six, seven, eight years old, right? Like it's, it's just a little bit different now, like where the day really is all mine. And I do make really good moves for my business during those two or three weeks. I don't spend my whole summer, like, working on my business because I'm traveling for part of the summer, but I do concentrate a few weeks of um, usually working on some aspect of my business. And in years past, I've been the most successful at product creation, still building my TPT store, still finishing some bundles. And every time I deviate away from that and I do something different, I regret it. (laughs) Right. Every time I'm like, like do something. I'm just talking about my TPT store right now. Like I'm not talking about like some of the the things that we have planned this summer, but when I, when I get away from making products or like finishing my bundles, then I don't see the income growth the next year. And so, and my whole TPT store, I have maybe 180 products, 170 products. I made all of those during the summer. I did not make any during the school year. Those are all things, but I've always been like that where I've spent half of my summer traveling and half of my summer doing business stuff, but not every summer has been product creation. A lot of summers I've gotten off on weird tracks and those are kind of some of the things that I've regretted. One summer, I'll just tell you one thing I did one summer I decided to start a brand new business and I got a Kajabi membership and I know Kajabi is really great for you and stuff, but like, I don't really have much of an email list. I just heard everyone talking about Kajabi. So I started paying like $200 a month for Kajabi and I had no plans with it. I wasn't even making 200 a month on this side business, but I'm like, I'm going to start Kajabi. And I started, you know, and I I did learn a lot that summer and I started doing like, I wanted to be, I, I went to college to be a financial planner And so I was like, this is it. I'm going to start doing financial planning for teachers. And it was just so random and so bizarre on everything I've ever done. And yes, I have an education in finance and I I had certifications in financial planning when I got out of college. And I know a lot about finance and it's one of my passions. But why did I decide like I just blindly leapt into it without really thinking you know, without really committing to it fully or having a game plan or really knowing what I was doing with it. I just wanted to be on Kajabi. I just wanted to use Kajabi too. 
And so I ended up spending so much money starting this weird side business. And I, over the summer, I grew my list. And this was, I think, two summers ago that I did this, maybe three summers. Uh, I built my email list up to like 500 people and I started building a course. And then I just got really sidetracked because the topic I was building the course on had a bad incident in the media. And then this kind of continued into the fall. And it was it was Robinhood. It was an app named Robinhood that I've invested a lot of money into. And I make a lot of money on Robinhood. So I was like, I'm going to do a course where I teach teachers how to make investments on Robinhood. And then all of a sudden, Robinhood was like, poo-pooed in the news because they did something very unethical. So then I had this huge thing like, oh my gosh, this company is doing unethical things. Do I still continue on this path with paying 200 a month for Kajabi, building this email list and launching this course about Robinhood when they're doing unethical things and I'm not so sure I should be recommending them to everybody in the world? I mean, it was a really weird track and I wish that I would have just like, why did I have to jump on the Kajabi wagon? Why did I have to start this new thing? I don't know. Sometimes I go off on these rogue paths that aren't what has made me money easily in the past. What makes me money easily is making TPT products. I literally spent one summer and I've made more than I do working a year at my job, right? Like, and that's just like one summer of work. And so like when I really hyper-focus on my TPT store for a summer, for a few weeks, I see big results and I need to get back into that. And the book did remind me too, to kind of get back to what I'm good at doing. So yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can so relate with so many things that you said, like just jumping on a bandwagon and getting really excited about a new opportunity and also like something being kind of, uh, criticized or poo-pooed I think you said in the media and like for me that's workshop you know writing and reading workshop I didn't even think of that connection yes yeah because it's really like a lot of people are really upset you know about about being kind of tricked I guess into thinking that it's a balanced literacy program when it's really not um but I mean I think Lucy Calkins is trying to revise I know she is revise her curriculum and I still love workshop and yeah I had to go through that like do I keep talking about workshop like is this is this out now I, I and like I've come to the conclusion that no workshop is not out it just needs to be other methods of teaching need to be incorporated too. you know, like the balance. And th the sad thing is they call their program like balanced literacy and it wasn't really balanced, but I think they are trying to balance it out with, cause you do want to, you know, help kids um, grow a love of reading and writing and feel like, you know, like they're writers and readers and develop a community of writers and readers, but you also need a lot more direct instruction. And I don't know, anyways, I'm going on a tangent here. Um, can I just say real quick, one of the things I did one summer that was just like, I still think it was really dumb. Um, so, and it actually, it actually has to do with Kajabi. I think it was when I first signed up for Kajabi and I mean, Kajabi is so expensive. Um, I know a lot of teacherpreneurs that are moving from Kajabi to Podia because it has a lot of the same 
functions, but it's cheaper. And I considered that I did consider it, but I just think it would be too much work at this point. And I'm just, I have too much invested in Kajabi right now. Um, but what I did was I think I, yeah, I bought Kajabi. It was like the first year that I, I decided to go all in on it. And of course you, when you get to Kajabi, you're like, okay, now I need a course, you know, like, so I just, you know, built this whole course over a summer. Um, and I, you know, I did it all by myself, no support, no like system, no. Yeah. Like, what did I know about building a course, <laughs> you know? And like, I, I mean, you'd think I would know a lot about it as a teacher and that's kind of where I kind of came from is like, I'm a teacher. I know how to do this. Um, but the name of my course is so boring um, and it's so comprehensive and I never actually marketed it, you know, like I never actually sold it. I mean, I have sold it, but like as kind of a package deal with my year long curriculum. And so I've never actually, and I actually built two courses one one summer and one another summer and it's just really sad that i put so much effort into like creating these courses and workbooks and videos and just a lot of work went into that and then i barely even made money from them um and i'm in a course now called the course course uh courtney what's her name courtney I can't remember Courtney Donahue. She has two last names. Um, there's another last name associated, but she's she is so knowledgeable about how to make money with courses, how to build courses, how to name them, um, so so that they're enticing, how to just create it with more input from your ICA, um, and that's really important, right? Like you got to kind of interact with your people in order to know like what what course do they want i just built a course on a topic i was knowledgeable about but was i asking people like what they wanted not really um so it's just a lot of wasted time that's exactly how i feel about my courses i and i built this email list and i paid for kajabi for like six months I don't know why I did it. I didn't really like if I'm looking at my and one of the books I've been reading is like um, how to grow your small business. And I think it's by it's by like Donald Miller. You know him, right? Yeah. Um, and something that he says is just like, I mean, like, what is your is, he talks a lot about having a mission statement and a goal like what it what is your goal with this business or what is your goal with like what you do? Right. And I mean, if I'm being honest, my goal is to probably help teachers be more fun and engaging in the classroom because I think it's a real problem. <laughs> I yeah. think a lot of people are so boring or like they're a little bit too tied up. Like they could be a little nicer to kids yeah. and have fun at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's really my goal, you know? And I mean, yeah, I love for teachers. Like I love helping teachers grow, grow their small businesses. And like what we're doing on this podcast, that is another one of my passions. But like when I'm looking at like where I put in a lot of my effort, especially with my TPT store, I don't know why I got away from that. I just, it's like the shiny object syndrome, like watching other people build courses on Kajabi. It's like everyone's building courses on Kajabi. I'm buying 
courses about courses. I know you were just talking about a really great one, which is fine. But like, I just got so far away from my ultimate mission of like showing people that like, you can have fun as a teacher. It doesn't have to be the worst job in the world. There's a lot of fun to be had with kids. There's a lot you can do with them. And there's a, there's fun to be had for you and the kids, you know? And I don't know why I got so like, what does Robin Hood app have to do with that? <laughs> I got so far away from my original mission. And so I guess that that would be some of my advice for this summer, like for people listening to this, like what is your mission and are these side projects that maybe you get involved with or what you're thinking about doing this summer? Are you, are you kind of aligning yourself with that? You know, it's, it's hard, but like, I think that's a really good thing to think about is like, what, like, and I know we talk about this all the time as a teacherpreneur, what's your why? Why are you doing this? Well, a lot of us are doing it to make a little extra side money or grow a bigger business or help our families in some way. That's a, sort of a given, but like, okay, well, who, who are you trying to help? And like, what do you want to achieve by helping them? And I think that I'm kind of going to use that, going to kind of, going to kind of use that this summer as my focus point. Because I do need a focus point. Like, I don't really like setting goals like, oh, I'm going to make 30 products. I'm going to make 10 products. I'm going to finish this one product. I don't really like having that. Like, I used to. I used to do that. I used to say, oh, I'm going to make 10 products this summer. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I used to have a number, a smart goal. Like, they tell you at school, you need to have a number. But now I'm just going with an overall feeling of, like, I really like making a certain type of product that makes it more enjoyable for kids to be in the classroom, like gives them a lot of voice and choice. I love making like PBL projects where they, you know, they're doing like, they're studying about something they want to learn about and they're having fun doing it. I really like that. And I think it matches my mission, which is why like, instead of like having a goal of like, oh, I'm going to finish this bundle or I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Really, I'm just going to ask myself every day this summer, like, am I doing something that matches my goal like of wanting to help teachers have more fun and kids have more fun and overall like lighten the mood of this like career that everyone calls horrendous (laughs) you know what I mean like am I doing that or am I getting away from that you know what I mean like I'm gonna I'm gonna ask myself that question like am I doing something that I believe in when it comes to education today or am I getting off track? And if I'm getting off track, I want to kind of gently steer myself back on course, but I'm not giving myself any like deadlines or you need to do this many things by this time. Right. So anyway, that's, that's my, I guess that's my final thought on this. Well, I think it could work. Um, I think sometimes those kind of numbers goals, you know, can be really uh, helpful. Like, but sometimes it can be hard to follow through with those. And then you beat yourself up over not following through. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do feel like it might be helpful for me to make a goal because I do have a child, you know, she's eight and she needs a lot of my time um, and love and affection. And and I also have a puppy. And so um I feel like I do need kind of a number goal, but in terms of how many hours a day are you allowed to work? <laughs> because I, I think like sometimes that. I get so sucked into work, 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 
that I neglect, you know, my child and my puppy. And like, I've actually kind of gotten into that cycle a little bit lately. And I love like, um, what you said about like, the feeling that you want to, to have yourself and to give other people and making that a goal. And so, yeah, I think like, I have some relationship goals this summer, you know, like I have priority number one, you know, is me. (laughs) Right. And like, I really gotten into exercising lately. I'm like really loving it and like eating healthily and, um, and so, and being, and being, making time to meditate and just breathe and garden. So that's, you know, that's number one priority. And then number two is spending time with my daughter and my puppy and my husband. And then number three is my business. And like, I think I'm only probably going to allow myself to work on it like two hours a day or something, you know, like, I feel like that's a good number, just two hours a day. I mean, if I have extra time, I'll use it. Like if everyone's occupied um, and I've taken care of myself. uh, Yeah. So I, I love that instead of having like kind of financial goals or product number of products or whatever, um, are you going to like update any products or optimize any covers or previews or anything like that? Or are you just going to make more products? You know, there is a product that has been weighing on my mind a little bit and it's how to write an argumentative essay. And I wrote it in like 2016 and all this stuff with Colin Kaepernick was going on back then. You know who Colin Kaepernick is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wrote it and I'm just kind of like, I wrote it like, obviously, I'm a big fan of Colin Kaepernick. I mean, not to bring too many political beliefs in, but I am I am liberal. <laughs> and I, I do believe in Colin Kaepernick and like his movement and everything going on. But I feel like maybe some parts of my product is I talked about him and I was like, is Colin Kaepernick somehow breaking his First Amendment rights by kneeling for the Pledge of Allegiance? Right. Like, is that somehow, is he somehow, do you, by making a stand against your country like that, does that somehow impact, like, is that, are you breaching on your First Amendment rights or is that totally in your First Amendment rights? And I feel like that has been kind of like something that I'm like, maybe I need to, I need to go back and re-look at that. Right. Like, maybe I, because I know what I wanted to achieve with it. But I have like I've been I've been thinking maybe I need to go back, you know, with a better lens now on social justice and kind of change that part of that one product. And I think that's really important to go back over the and when you do have time to go back in products that maybe, especially if you're talking about history, especially if you're talking about social justice or anything that was on the news and current and relevant five or six years ago, things may have changed. And I think I I think I worded everything right, but I think it's something that I should go back and look at. Any products where I've mentioned history, I think I need to make sure that I haven't, you know, I haven't made a poo-poo error. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that is important. But at yeah. the same time, could you only focus on the, because I feel like I want to really focus on the products. Like when I do work on my teachers pay teachers store, which I will a little bit, I have been actually, uh, but like focusing on the products that make you the most money and, and this is one of those. them. 
Well, yeah. So then this is one sure. of them. That's why I'm like, oh, this is selling a lot. Well, because the I other should probably ones, go back and look at it. The other ones you can, if you're, if you feel like maybe they need like a refresh, um, or you need to look at them again from the perspective of equity or social justice, you might just um, make them unavailable. What's that called when you press that button and they're inactive? So you could just make the products inactive until you have time to go back. Because if it's a product you don't really make a much a lot of money with, like I feel like sometimes teachers waste their time like updating products that actually don't even make you money. You know, like so go look at your conversion rates um and work on the products that make you the most money and optimizing those. I feel like yeah, if you're going to optimize products, that's kind of yeah. What this you is do. one of my top 10 products. I'm pretty sure because yeah. I see it a lot. I see it popping up on my sales a lot. And I'm always like, oh, I should just, you know, like, I mean, I know that I didn't, I know I didn't do anything like bad or naughty, you know, like I know I was going in with it with a critical lens, but maybe like now I have an even more critical lens after learning about things the last five or six years, learning more and more and more and more, right? Like maybe I could go back and just double check it, make sure. Yeah. Um, since I mean it is one of my top sellers. Like if it was one of my bottom sellers, I would put it inactive. But yeah. now I'm like, gosh, and I get a lot of good feedback on it. Like people are really excited about it. But then I'm always like questioning myself, like, are they excited about it? Because I said the wrong thing. <laughs> Am I like putting the wrong thing into the world right now? <laughs> you know, so I really want to make sure that I and I've thought about just kind of doing a different, a different storyline, maybe. Because <laughs> that's not even on the news anymore, really. But I, oh, it's time to go. <laughs> See, you always do this. I totally forgot. We're I know. supposed to put our glasses on or our sunglasses on when we are ready to leave. And when we're I ready to wrap like, up. I feel like such a tool. Well, I've been paying attention to the clock and it's about 30 minutes. Um, Thanks for letting me just blabber though. You're the bestest friend ever. Uh, well, okay, wait. Let's just like recap um, real quick. So what should teacherpreneurs work on over the summer? Well, if you're burned out, don't work on anything. <laughs> Just relax. Try to relax. Do things you love. Spend time with your family, right? But if you have the bandwidth, then what? Do more of what already makes you money easily. Don't go on a different path unless it's something that people have been begging you for your customers have been asking you for this and you have a lot of research, like, yes, people really want this and I've been promising it to them. Then go ahead and do it. I do have a buddy who's who's making a course right now and it's something that people are really interested in whenever she talks about it. And I, I think it's a good, a good path for her. Yeah. And uh, if you are going to make a course, you know, just make sure that you're talking to your customers and like maybe do kind of like a um, you know, like, uh, just find out, maybe have some people look at what you're creating and give you feedback. I know that's really hard because you can get a lot of ideas about like what you can put in the course from your customers and people who follow you and things. Um, but mainly your customers, like your current customers, 
asking them for feedback and like sitting on Zoom calls with them and like talking through, you know, what you're offering and like asking them, like, what do you think, you know, and like just getting, I just think that's really important because I feel like sometimes we just create courses without any feedback. And yeah, so I think that's my advice if you're going to create a course. Yeah, I love it. Well, this has been a really fun episode. Thank you for tuning in teacherpreneur frenzies to two wacky teacherpreneurs tell all. Should we say namaste instead of toodles? Namaste. Namaste. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever.